Welcome to Sunday Night Dinner, a podcast that cooks. I'm Suzanne Hancock. Gotta say that again. Okay. Yeah, so nothing fancy. Uh, Like, I know some people go all out Sunday Night Dinner, but for me it was always just whatever's left in the fridge. So this is, uh, like, the, the most shit we forgot to shop. Uh, Sunday night meal, which is, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's bacon and eggs. It's, it's spaghetti carbonara. That's Jesse Brown. He's a journalist and the founder of the super popular news site and podcast network, Canada Land. Jesse's podcasts focus on current events and media criticism, and he spends a lot of his time arguing. He opens up conversations, and he isn't shy with his opinions. He has a lot of fans, and he pisses people off. I'm a big fan of his podcasts, and it was a lot of fun watching him smash garlic in my kitchen. If you have a noisy week, where do you find your quiet? Jesse's making a favorite dish for Sunday night dinner. I hope you'll cook along and enjoy his stories about his career, about cooking, and arguing at the dinner table. Fair warning, this episode will make you hungry. So if your fridge is kind of empty, but you have some bacon, eggs, cheese, and spaghetti, you might want to have them ready. This podcast is about cooking, food, and that last meal of the weekend. You can cook along with your favorite chefs, authors, journalists, fellow food lovers, and learn their secrets for enjoying Sunday night. I've spoken with chefs making mussels and fries, meatballs, dal, French onion soup, Spanish tortilla, Chef Jamie Kennedy made Christmas cake, Canadian Senator Larry Campbell barbecued chicken, writer Miriam Taves made FASPA, basically a meat and cheese sandwich. If you're not a regular listener, you should subscribe because I'm set to record some awesome people like Sukian Lee, Chef Miriam Stryman, Chef Charlotte Langley, and Karen McSherry. Okay, back to spaghetti carbonara. This dish is weirdly controversial. There's debate about ingredients and where it originated. Was it created by Roman chefs using American soldiers' rations during World War II? Does it come from the Carbonari, a secret society working to take down the Italian monarchy in the 19th century? Most likely, the dish was first created in Rome after World War II, when the ingredients were easier to find. It always includes bacon. The hardcore traditionalists will only use guanciale or pancetta. Some people use oil, some use butter, and some even use cream. Some throw in whole eggs, just the yolks or just the whites, and the Culinary Academy in Italy includes a garlic clove. The dreaded comments section on the first website that came up, Jamie Oliver's, contained this. I'm Italian and can assure you that garlic has nothing to do with true Italian carbonara. People are serious about their beliefs, and debate about strongly held beliefs is Jesse's bread and butter these days. Jesse launched Canada Land in 2013, and since then he's exposed serious corruption if not the lies and misdeeds of prominent figures in media, politics, and the arts and culture world. You might know him for breaking the Gian Gomeshi story, and his podcasts, Canada Land and Canada Land Shortcuts, are forums for discussion about whatever's going on in the world. Whether you agree with the opinions or not, it's refreshingly candid, 
not only to hear Jesse wrestle with giants, but to hear lively banter with his guests. Me too, but I'm not quite there yet. Can I do one more? Uh, oh, fine. And, and this is sort you're of the a point. bad person, Jesse Brown. You're 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 a bad man. Aside from countries claiming to be the most virtuous and the most progressive in this, on this particular issue of arms sales, there just is like the rules. The rules state we can't do this anymore. Is there wiggle room in that? And for 14 years, it's not just Loblaws. Sobeys has come out and said, oh, Loblaws, you've thrown us under the bus. But they're being investigated. This goes across Canada for 14 years. But we're getting a $25 gift card. The Westons, meanwhile, got immunity from any criminal liability. That's a limited collection of clips. But if you don't already listen to the shows, check them out. The other Canada Land podcasts, Commons and The Imposter, are amazing too. And one day soon, there will be a new podcast, actually a number of new podcasts under the Canada Land umbrella, but the one that's getting the most press is one that's going to focus on Thunder Bay, a small city in northwestern Ontario. If your listeners are in any way familiar with like just this, I don't know, series of really horrible stories that are coming out of Thunder Bay... Ranging from the fact that at least seven, though it's more than that, um, indigenous young people um, have died and, and their bodies found in the river systems of Thunder Bay uh, under, I think, pretty mysterious um, circumstances. That's one side of it. The other side of it is that Thunder Bay has the highest hate crime rate in the country, the highest homicide rate in the country. Then there's this bizarre story unfolding about the mayor, his wife, the chief of police, and this lawyer who are all facing criminal charges. Uh, in the case of the lawyer, sexual assault charges, obstruction of justice charges for the police, uh, chief of police and the mayor and his wife. There's this extortion plot. What the hell's going on there? And then you find out like this is a community where it's like pretty routine for people just to throw stuff out of their mm-hmm. cars at indigenous people. And somebody threw a trailer hitch at this young mother and killed her. So I don't know. I mean, it's just like, a, a, you know, this litany of, uh, of horror s- stories coming out of Thunder Bay. Um, and like a lot of Canadians, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. What is going on at Thunder Bay? And it's not a story that I would have felt like I've never been there. I have no familiarity with, with this at all. But we work with Ryan McMahon, who is... Uh, an indigenous uh, broadcaster and comedian and writer who grew up not far from there, and he he was urging us, we need to try to get in here and tell the story, and and he has familiarity with it and with a lot of the people. So anyhow, I hesitate to say too much about a story that we haven't gone and reported yet, but like it just feels like it's not just about um, exposing some specific place. There's something bigger about it, and since yeah. we since we announced that we're doing this, we just all these tips and all this and like wow it's but it runs deep it's going to be hard to take all of that stuff and turn it into one story but if anyone can it's jesse and ryan ryan mcmahon is one of the hosts of canada land commons and he has his own podcasts called red man laughing and stories from the land He has three national comedy specials and he tours across the country. Check him out. He's brilliant. And of course, keep your ears open for the Thunder Bay podcast. You'll find updates and info at canadalandshow.com. After recording podcasts, wrestling giants and marching on Loblaws, Jesse goes home. 
For some, Sunday night dinner is about looking forward, imagining new projects, thinking about that next week. And it's also about taking stock, relaxing, and looking back. I asked Jesse how he feels about cooking. I miss cooking. I wish I could I, I cook more. I'm a little kid, so they eat early. When yeah. I get home, like, you know, my wife's already made food for them, and I'm tired. Um, but... Um, it's it, it just like uses the total other side of the brain like yeah. it's not you know words and reason and you know it's physical mm-hmm. and it's sensual so it's like a, just a, a good on the weekend it's a good thing just to kind of like get, get a bit, bit of balance back can you point to a moment in your life where you thought I made it I'm sure I've had that feeling like a number of times and I've been wrong each time so it's good, like, uh, to be humiliated and humbled very frequently. But that's cool. When I got my first CBC, like, national CBC radio show, I'm like, well, okay, like, this makes some sense. I was a freelancer. Then I was a, you know, uh, contract producer. Uh, then I was, like, a contract producer slash documentary maker. And now I'm a host. That, 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 that makes with that, that there's a system, there's a corporation. You know, it, it has a sense of linear progression. I've made it. I'm a host of a, you know, of a national radio show. It doesn't mean anything. It, I, I was on contract. I was on like an eight-week contract. The show finished. I was out the door. I pissed off some executives. I was back in my apartment. I went and went to cooking school just to keep myself busy. Like, but um, because I was, I was like, I had nothing to do. And I was so confused that, like, what I th- thought, the level that I thought I had achieved, uh, the rug was pulled out from under my feet. Um, in my confusion, I just ended up hanging around this buddy of mine's uh, new, new business, which was, like, an animation studio. And, you know, I had done animation myself years earlier and left it for lack of talent. So here I am just, like, basically volunteering for my buddy. I just like, I, I just, uh, get me out of my house. I need, I need something to do. And now I'm the least skilled guy in the room. Everybody else there is like an actual professional cartoonist or like there were like technicians that are doing stuff with the computer system that they were making it on. I was the guy who was moving the lips around, right? Making sure that the lips match the words. I'm not even sure I did that very well. <laughs> um, but because I was there, when he had this idea for an app uh, called Bitstrips, I, I had an opportunity to invest and become a co-founder of, of, of this thing, yeah. you know? And then that became, like, 10 years later, acquired by Snapchat. Um, that wouldn't have happened right. uh, if I had just stayed on my linear progression at CBC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, the same with... I mean, even that's the same with why I got on radio in the first place. If I had... I thought when we were making animation in university uh, that, that we were, like, going to be, like, the next South Park with what we were doing. You know, and making radio was just like by accident. And sometimes accidents lead to brilliant results. The CBC show Jesse was talking about was The Contrarians, and of course, his accidental foray into radio ultimately led to the creation of Canada Land. Sometimes things just line up in the right way. One day, some time ago, someone in Rome decided eggs, bacon, pasta, and a lot of cheese would be great. So you're salting the water? Do you salt it until it tastes like the Mediterranean? I, uh, 
I don't know. Do people actually like taste the, like the water as it's boiling to see if it tastes like the Mediterranean? Is that <laughs> we something? We can do that. All right. We that can is try it. Teaspoon of salt in there or something. Okay, this looks perfect. Okay, is this uh, not like okay? It's like a uh, a nonstick skillety kind of thing. Should I narrate as I go? Yeah, I totally, totally. Pretend like just okay. The galloping gourmet. Um. Yeah, you've been kind enough to grab or have some some parmesan. Some bacon, some eggs, some spaghetti. What else do you need? Okay. Um, there we go. Garlic is smashed. Let's get this bacon going. Um, so how much? If we're gonna do like this, that, how much bacon? I don't know. I, like this is one of these things just that I just eyeball. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like four slices, or what do we got here? This is like a fairly thick cut bacon, and it's uh, one, two, uh, four slices here. All right. Okay. We were like, this is like weird, but not uncommon. Uh, I grew up in a kosher household where we were strictly kosher in the house, like different plates, different dishwashers, totally unkosher outside of the house. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, Jews are always just like, we're just like bargaining with the rules. But uh, huh. the result of that was actually really great, which was that any pork product. Yeah was like a special treat. Like in Chinese restaurants, there's also a Sunday night routine. was uh, going to the garlic pepper or whatever. And at hotels, go to the buffet and like bacon and sausage. Okay. But to handle raw pork was like, like I never cooked with pork. I would only eat in restaurants. And like if, sometimes like at a cottage rental or something, we would like, you know, because I was just feeling like, oh, we're like, we're renting a Gentile's cottage. Let's okay. let's eat Gentile food and like and we bring like like a rack of ribs into the cottage, but it, and it was like this weird like I, it wasn't just me who was like oh cooking with pork is this illicit thrill, it was it, it was both like this really tantalizing forbidden wonderful thing but also totally profane and like it, we'd handle it with like tongs and boil the hell out of it before we put it on the barbecue, like the idea like that it was just somehow containing all sorts of. Um, you know, trichinosis or salmonella or stuff, stuff that, that, like, as if raw poultry or beef couldn't, if it was, like, just kosher, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but as soon as I was, like, living on my own, I was, like, buying okay. and butchering huge cuts of pig and, like, really? cooking with pork belly, whatever I could do, because it was, you know, forbidden fruit. Will I find a little bit of butter in here? Yeah, yeah. right there. Okay. Should I turn this on for you? Thank you. Okay. Did you grow up with anyone who loved cooking? Did they teach you how to cook? Not really, no. No, my, my parents are both um, working uh, professionals. What about Sunday night dinner? Growing up, Sunday night dinner was an exception because that was a meal that my mom would cook. Like, so she, my mom was an actress and then she was a lawyer. Okay. So during the week, yeah. um, you know, and my dad was, is a doctor, so neither of them really cooked during the week. And so Sunday was the night of the week when my mom would cook dinner. Um, and so I have, like, like pretty distinct memories of Sunday night dinner. And, and like, uh, I, have, I have this memory, when you first mentioned the conceit of your podcast, mm -hmm. Sunday night dinner, the, what immediately came to my mind was pasta shells with Parmesan. That's That was sort of like a Sunday night staple. Right. While we watched, there were like kids shows, Dr. Snuggles. Hey, Dr. Snuggles, 
memories of Dr. Snuggles on TVO, I think. Really? And then there was like the Disney hour and stuff. I don't know. There was like a Sunday routine. There were a couple different like food meal related memories. Like Friday night, you, you know, uh, was Shabbat dinner. Yeah. And that was yeah. with my big extended family at my grandparents' house. Okay. That was like this weekly feast. Um, so that's a very positive memory. And that's really where like, you know, no matter how old you were, you were, you had to, you were allowed to argue right. whatever everyone was arguing about, but you had to defend your ideas. And so that was like a pretty formative weekly ritual um, that was a bit more formalized than Sunday night, which was kind of like we could watch TV while we ate. That was like the one night where, where yeah. that was possible. It was very, very casual, low key. Like I, mm-hmm. I hear about families that like would have a big roast on Sunday nights mm-hmm. and like, no, it was like a lazy Sunday. Uh, let's get this done. I'm not good with conflict, and I'm not saying that you like conflict, but you don't seem to shy away from it. I grew up just uh, with a family of people who argued with each other. Um, it's nothing I can impart any any way that you could kind of like teach something that you just... <laughs> no, I've never known anything else right. but constant conflict. I mean, there's some positive aspects of just like it was understood that we could have, you know, very raucous and mm-hmm. passionate arguments and that there were boundaries, you know, that, that that was like, it was fine to disagree passionately. You know, I was like, like, it was encouraged to disagree. Yeah. Uh, That's you know, awesome. so that was good. Um, you know, but like we kind of make up, you know, mythologies about our upbringings and our cultures. And, you know, I'm very used to saying, Oh, I argued, I argued. There are a lot of people who, weren't in those arguments. Maybe half the table was really into this blood sport of, <laughs> of you know, constant debate. And I'm sure we gave huge headaches to everybody else who just would have, like, liked a bit of peace, you know? <laughs> and now that I, like, argue for a living, like, I don't want to have, you know, a lot of uh, discourse and debate <laughs> in my off time. Like, right, yeah. You know, Do you to, teach your kids that, though? I mean, is there is there some of that? I'm like, you know... Encouraging of them to ask questions. I like it when, you know, like I, I, there's, there's the, the parts of it that I remember as being the most beneficial of like, if, if they say something I think is ridiculous, uh, rather than trying to talk them out of it, it'll say like, why do you think that? I think that's a good thing. That's a good egalitarian, you know, like if you're, you can say it and say anything, but mm-hmm. back it up or, mm-hmm. you know, explain yourself. I think that's a good part of it for sure. Okay. Back to the bacon. Jesse chopped the bacon up into small pieces and added it to the skillet with a couple of tablespoons of butter and the smashed garlic clove. He left the bacon sizzling away for a few minutes. He wanted it to get nice and crispy. And while the bacon was cooking, he grated about a cup of Parmesan cheese. I mean, this is just the simplest thing. I got I got bacon with a smashed piece of garlic uh, frying in this, in this skillet. I got water. There's not as close to boiling as I'd like it to be. Um, and I've got, uh, I don't know, like a cup of grated Parmesan here. And I'm breaking, I, break, I broke one egg with the white in, but now I'm gonna like, let's just make this rich, why not? So I'll do two yolks instead of three whole eggs. So you're putting that right in the cheese. Okay. So one full egg, two yolks. Yeah, I don't know, like I've seen this written up with like three full eggs or just yolks, you know, I've seen that. So I'm, I'm splitting the difference. And do you always mix it right in with the cheese? I do, yeah. Cool. Um, because as the final step, we're gonna 
we're gonna add all our pasta to the mixture of eggs, cheese, and lots of pepper. Jesse writes and thinks a lot about technology and media, and while the bacon cooked and we waited for the water to boil, I asked him about social media and fake news and his take on the belief that our phones are destroying our souls. What's what's your personal take on it? I mean, I live on Twitter. Yeah. It's, it's sort of crack for somebody like me. And for other reasons why a lot of people dislike it, I love it. Like... Mm -hmm. If you if you want to just advertise your life, go on Instagram. You know, if you if you want to fight with jerks, uh, come to Twitter. Like mm -hmm. it's it's a sentence machine. I love how flat it is. I love that you can you can throw a question at anybody. I love asking people questions in public where they're embarrassed to not answer. I feel like it's an important check on what I do that people can ask me questions. The effect that it's having. I mean, I spent a lot of years in the very earliest mm -hmm. years of social media doing journalism on the effect that it was having, you know, whatever, 2006, 7, 8, as it was putting a president in, in the White House. And I was probably a little bit, um, because I, I was taking on a lot of the naysayers, Luddites, and detractors, I was probably mm, a little bit more optimistic. I mean, it's not like I wasn't aware of, of the dangers of it, but everything happens in unexpected and bizarre yeah. ways. The, the particular ways in which, uh, you know, I'm sure I'd be embarrassed to look back at some of my early reporting on like citizen journalism and how great it's going to be. And then could you foresee just the onslaught of trolldom or yeah, what we call, yeah. you know, this, this fake news thing. I was very attuned to partisan news, but mm -hmm. the, the idea of manufacturing fake stories for clicks in a foreign country or trying to subvert a, you know, uh, a foreign electoral process, like those are things that are like, you know, sci-fi outcomes that, mm -hmm. that we didn't see coming. But, you know, I'm reading what everybody else is reading about the effects it's having on us emotionally and concentration, you know, and uh, I think media always changes us. It changes us neurologically. It changes sure. our human interactions. And, and just like, I'm, I don't know, there was like a story in the globe um, a couple days ago that mm -hmm. like did this thing that I don't like where you look at the fact that it's changed you and you, oh, well, look, it's, it's ruining us. I'm not as likely to just say wonderful positive things about right. it like I, I but you know I've always felt like we need to be mindful of, of how we use it and, and and not have it just sort of do things to us mm -hmm. you know um, but it's it, it's done things to me and it's hard to be in a room talking to a person while you're while you know that people are you, you know you you've you've made a contentious statement to mm -hmm. thousands of people and probably there's 18. Um, smart, angry, and, uh, you know, maybe profane replies to your last point waiting for you. The spaghetti went into the pot of boiling water, and Jesse ground a bunch of black pepper into the cheese and egg mixture. Oh, I might have fucked up the ratio here. I've just been eyeballing all this. That seems like a lot of cheese to me. Oh, yeah? We'll find out. There's nothing wrong with cheese. Yeah. Like if the worst thing that happens is it's got too much Parmesan in this spaghetti, you like, <laughs> then it's not, it's not a huge tragedy. Okay, then we're going to take the garlic up before it burns. We just want the flavor. Okay, cool. So you just smashed it. You didn't, you didn't chop it. Didn't chop it. Smashed. Smashed it, and then, like, all the garlickiness is now, like, in this bacon grease. It's almost, it's just like a, the spaghetti is just like the slightest bit tougher than I want it to be. But it keeps cooking after it comes out. That's true, that's true. So I'm like, and when I start taking it out, it's gonna be a different consistency than the last bit. I've got these like tongs here. Um, 
I'm gonna go for it. Okay. I'm gonna go, go for, for it. it. Okay. Go for it. And we're gonna get closer here. Because I want some of that water. Okay, so he's taking the spaghetti with tongs yeah. out of the water. We're just going straight from the spaghetti pot into the skillet with the bacon, the, the garlicky little bacon bits and and, and uh, we're letting all this pasta water get in there with it. Excuse me, and we'll just we'll get it all coating these noodles. I don't know, I think we kinda like don't wanna let this take too long because I need the heat. I need the heat in because we're gonna put some raw egg in in a second. And there's gotta be enough heat left in these noodles to gently cook them. Yeah, okay. You're, you look like you're a pro. I don't know about that. And I may be wasteful here because I don't like, I wanna have the right ratio mm. of noodles to bacon and Perfect. stuff. So maybe just a little bit more. And we can kill that. And I don't know, it feels, I'm, I'm still thinking I put too much cheese in here. I got two egg yolks. You know what? Yeah, you want another egg? I'm gonna do another egg. Yeah, do it. I want that silky, kind of creamy, like you, you always think the carbonara has like cream in it, doesn't yeah, have cream in it. Yeah. There's a little shell in there. That's okay. Take it out, that's important, make sure you do that. <laughs> okay. So I, I've seen some carbonara recipes with cream in it, but you don't need it. Most people are, don't know what they're doing. Putting cream in I don't know, I don't know. I know that this is a recipe that people get really uptight about how, like, it, but it's, it's like the first recipe that uh, was taught in that French cooking class I took mm -hmm. was a vichyssoise, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I really, I thought that that was a brilliant thing just to show that like the point of cooking is um, simplicity. Because it was like just watching these like three ingredients mm -hmm. turn into this delicious, delicious soup. Mm. So I like this carbonara because it, you know, it's just a few things. And I added a little bit more water to keep this. That's what I like. See, that looks, that looks like. amazing. Doesn't that look like. Yeah, it looks golden and look at that. I think we're good here. Okay, so are we going to eat? Because you got to eat this like now. Yeah. yeah, are you hungry? I'm a little bit hungry. I'm, I'm, I'm like, a little bit. When are you not hungry enough to eat this? Like, if, if you got a bowl of this in front of you, you're gonna eat you're it. You're gonna eat it. Yeah. Let's get uh, let's get a couple bowls. And it was so good, so good. Classic, comforting, really and truly the perfect Sunday night dinner. If you want the recipe, head over to SundayNightDinnerPodcast.com, and you'll find it in the recipes section. Oh yeah. Okay. One. This is it. Okay. Um, Sunday night dinner anywhere with anyone. Did you think about it? Oh God. <laughs> huh. Give me a second here. Yeah, for sure. Take your time. I was focused on whether the noodles were. <laughs> okay. So the question is Sunday night dinner with anyone. And so this is like a, fa a fanciful, yeah. I don't have to root this in reality. No, not at all. Okay. So we'll go back to when, when, when David Carr was not only alive, but still drinking. And uh, a, li a liquid Sunday night dinner with, with David Carr. The New York Times reporter who wrote a lot about the media and culture and is known for his memoir, The Night of the Gun. I'm sure they'd have a lot to talk about. 
Huge thanks to Jesse Brown for cooking Sunday night dinner on a Sunday afternoon in my kitchen. And thanks for always telling the big stories and for keeping us informed and entertained. The clips from Jesse's podcasts near the beginning of the episode were, in order, Jen Gerson on Canada Land's Shortcuts, the episode News from the Upside Down, then episode 201 of Canada Land, and also a clip from another Shortcuts episode, We March on Loblaws at Dawn. For more info, check out canadalandshow.com. And to find out more about Ryan McMahon, head over to his website, rmcomedy.com. The Dr. Snuggles theme song is by Ken LaRae. I'd never seen the show, but I watched a few episodes on YouTube and it's pretty surreal. It was a British and Dutch co-production, and apparently there was an episode that wasn't shown in the U.S. because it seemed entirely devoted to psychoactive drugs. Thanks for listening. Come back in a couple of weeks to hear the super talented Chef Miriam Strymon of Mad Maple. Music for the podcast is created by J.J. Ibsen. Subscribe to Sunday Night Dinner on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play. See you soon.